if you hadn't realized it, we are halfway through 2019. I mean, don't, can't you vividly recall yesterday we celebrated the new year? This year, I blinked my eyes, and it is June 23rd today. Halfway through 2019. And if you remember when we started this year, God put a word in our heart that this was going to be the year of love. Every time you walk into the sanctuary, every time you walk into the lobby, there's a big sign there with about 75 light bulbs shining out you that says love. See, if you remember, the Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 4 that God is love. In Genesis, it says that when God made us, he, he, he looked at them. It says, let us make man in our image. If God is love and God made us in his image, we are supposed to walk in and be and show love. But isn't it hard sometimes? Why is it so hard to walk in love when we were created in the image of the one whose very essence is love? And it's because we have the world system of love. It is probably the most used word in the English language, isn't it? I mean, how many times do you use the word love every day? Hey, did you watch that movie? I loved it. Did you watch that TV show last night? I loved it. Except if it was the ending of Game of Thrones because everybody hated it apparently. I've never watched it, but I heard all the news circles about it. It was the worst ending on a thing, but whatever. Anyways, nobody loved that one. Hey, did you, this sports team, I love it. They, oh, those new pairs of shoes, I love those shoes. I love that dress. I love that thing. It is so overused because it encompasses so many different things. But when you read in the Bible, there's the word love is actually in the Greek. There's different words for love. See, uh, the most commonly ones that are used are phileo. And agape. There's a couple other ones as well that are kind of alluded to. One of them is sorage. It's spelled like storage, which is the type of love between a mom and a son or, or parents, siblings, that type of love. And there's also the, the, the one that's talked about, which is the eros love, which is the, where, where you get the word erotic from, which is that love between a husband and a wife, right? That, 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 that sexual type love. But phileo, And agape are the ones that are talked about over and over again. And what's the distinction? Phileo is the type of love as the city of Philadelphia is known as the city of. Because the word phileo is the definition of it is brotherly love. Love amongst friends. That's where that city gets the name. Some of you are like, oh, I didn't know that. That's why it was called the city of brotherly love. It's not because they love each other. It's because the name is that. I mean, because if if you ever seen any Eagles fans. You, 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 you put some question about the brotherly love part, right? Any, any football fans know what I'm talking about? No, maybe. All right. Shame on me. I watch too much football, I guess. Agape is unconditional love. So you and I, we are used to the phileos love, the love that has conditions when things are good. Miami's known for that. We love our sports teams when they're good. We want nothing to do with them when they're bad. I was reminded of the Cleveland Browns the other day as I was preparing for this, right? Anybody, you know, the Cleveland Browns weren't good for a very, very long time. 
And so what do all the Browns fans wear? Anybody know what I'm talking about? They all show up at the games with black, uh, with brown garbage bags from like Publix and stuff. And they cut out the eyes and they wear it. Because they're like, I'm here, but I don't want anybody to know. I like these people. Now, let, let nobody know who it's me, you know? It's almost like they're wearing ski masks. Because they want nobody to know. We go with the tides. When it's good, it's okay. When it's bad, I want nothing to do with you. That's what we are used to and then it comes to that sense of love. But agape love is an unconditional love, a love that puts no restriction, that is not based on what you're going to do for me, that's not based on what you can give me, that's not based on how you treated me. It's just straight out love. And it's what we're called to do. As a matter of fact, let me take it a step further. It is a commandment given to us by Jesus. Watch, go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Fourth book of the New Testament. Starting in verse 31, watch. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Go back to verse 34 one more time. A new commandment. Say new commandment. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one and his other as I have loved you. Now, if you go back to verse 31, you'll notice that it starts with, so when he had gone out, Jesus said. Now, if you read to get this in context, if you read the rest of chapter 13, it is when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. It's when then he's with the disciples and he tells them, one of you is going to betray me. And they're like, who's going to betray you? And Jesus said, the one that I dip the bread and give to is the one that's going to betray me. So Jesus gets the bread. He dips it in the wine. He gives it to Judas. And he leans over to Judas and says, what you're going to go do, go do quickly. So Judas gets up and leaves. The Bible's clear to recount that the disciples didn't know what Jesus was talking about. It, it kind of flew over their head. They assumed that because Judas was the one that kept the money box, he was going out to do something, perhaps give money to the poor, help somebody. But Jesus, after Judas walks out, it says it. So when he had gone out, who had gone out? Judas. As soon as Judas, who was going to betray Jesus, walks out, Jesus says, I have a commandment for you. Even this guy who's going to betray me, you got to love him. Even the guy that's going to betray me right now, you've got to love him. See, because the world says you love the ones that treat you right. And the one that hurts you, I never need to speak to you again. I'm, I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I know I've said it. Man, if I never see that person again, I'm fine. If I ever talk to that person again, I'm fine. And then we say things like, I already forgave him. But every time you hear the name, you break out in hives. Right? It's like, it still bothers. You haven't forgiven them. See, uh, true forgiveness is when you can still agape them. When you can still, without condition or restriction, show them love. And we got to love people 
whether they did, quote unquote, something that would merit your love or not. Because aren't you very grateful that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life? Aren't you grateful that even though you and I don't deserve it, God still loved us enough to send his perfect son to pay the price for our sin for us to make it to heaven? See, that's agape love. Oh, pastor, I can't walk in that type of love. It just is not in my, it's not the way I was built. You're absolutely right. But look what Romans 5.5 says. Throw up Romans 5.5. It says this, a new hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You're right. You may not be built that way, but when you're born again, you have God's DNA and the Holy Spirit pours into you that agape love. See, y'all remember when Peter denied Jesus? Come on, Bible scholars, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Peter's like all like, Jesus, I got your back. I'm never going to be by your side. I'm never going to leave your side. I'm with you till the end. I'll die with you. Jesus is like, bro, before the rooster crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, never. And all of a sudden, there he goes, given the opportunities. I don't know him. Hey, but you sound like him. I don't know him. Oh, but, but, but you hung out with I don't know him. And the rooster crowed three times. Denied him three times. When the rooster crowed twice. So Jesus dies, he raises from the grave. If you remember, there's a story of when Jesus finds the disciples who are out in the water, right? The disciples are out there fishing again. And Jesus, from the shore, says to them, y'all, did you catch anything? They're like, no. He said, throw the net on the other side. And they throw the net and they magically, supernaturally catch fish and their eyes were open. It's him. Because if you remember the story before, when they had been fishing all night long and they didn't catch anything and Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side. And the Bible is very clear that Jesus said, cast your nets in plural, but the disciples casted a net. And there were so much fish that that one net began to break and other boats came to help them. That's how they understood. So their eyes were open when Jesus said, throw it on the other side. And they cut all these fish and they come up to the shore and Jesus already has a fish cooking on the coal, ready for breakfast. It's like, boom. And Peter's there and Jesus looks at him and he says, Peter, watch, because we read this over and over again. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. That's not the way it was. It was, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter said, Jesus, you know I phileo you. Then Jesus again said, but Peter, do you agape me? And then Peter said, Jesus, you know I phileo you. And then Jesus came down to Peter's level because the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out yet and said, so Peter, do you phileo me? And then Peter said, my Lord, you know I phileo you. See, because the agape unconditional love springs forth when the Holy Spirit's in the picture. Acts chapter two, the, the outpour of the Holy Spirit. That's what Romans 5, 5 says. That love is poured out through the Holy Spirit. 
You ask yourself, why can't I show this unconditional love to that person? Say, Holy Spirit, continue to work in me. Work in me. Work in me. That I may show the love that's unconditional. I, 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 can, can we do a little test? Watch, we're going to do a little test, right? I want you to identify this for me. Throw, throw, throw something up there for me, Stephen. What company is that? What do they sell? Computers, everybody's phones, AirPods, right? Y'all recognize it just by looking. Do another one, do another one. Ding, 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 right? NBC, or if you're my Spanish speaker, Univision. You recognize the peacock. I didn't realize why I didn't like NBC so much until the fact that I realized I got all these peacocks in our neighborhood and they drive me bananas and the logo's a peacock. No, I'm just kidding. I do have a lot of peacocks, but I, it's not that I don't like NBC. Do another one. What's their slogan? Come on. Recognizable. Another one? Isn't that an awesome image when you're almost out of gas? There it is. I see the shell out of the ocean, right? It's right there for me. You recognize it. Do we have another one? No, Tarjay. <laughs> what do all these logos have in common? They're recognizable. You recognize it. You know it. Can I tell you something? Verse 35, Stephen, verse 35, John 13. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Church, when the world sees us, they should recognize us. Just like Apple, Nike, Target, Shell, whatever logo is there, they should see you. And because of your love, unconditional love, they should know there's something different about that guy. I, I don't know what it is. How is it that I treated him badly and they still showed me love? I treated him, I, I, I did what I shouldn't have done and they still showed mercy. They still showed love. And you can look at it and say, because the distinction of the logo of God is on my life. You and I, are called to walk out the unconditional agape love of God. No restrictions, no limitations. No matter what they did, no matter what they said, you still show love. I'm going to give you a distinction here. I'm not saying you need to hang out with everybody. I'm not saying you need to invite everybody over to your house and have dinner. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say you need to be friends, phileo with everybody. It says you need to love unconditionally everybody. And there's a difference there. Because I can love you and show you the love of God without being best friends with you. My personality, I understand it, is not everybody's cup of tea. Some people might, this might be a newsflash for some of y'all, right? There's probably more people that don't like me that like me. And I'm okay with that. Because I'm not called to be liked by everybody or to like everybody. I'm called to love everybody. And whether it's a person 
that I quote unquote like or don't like treated me well or treated me bad, I'm going to push through and show the agape unconditional love of God. It's an important distinction because the church, I'm not talking about 3W Church now. I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ is so divided, is so broken at times because we're walking in a lot of phileo and not agape. We are called to unconditionally Love people unconditionally. Reach out. Show love. Show kindness. I mean, there's a scripture on love, 1 Corinthians 13. If you've ever been to a Christian wedding, you've read this verse. It's like the staple in Christian weddings. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of angels, of men and angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. We we can spend an entire sermon on that one there. Because where our mind goes, we follow. And if you're trying to walk in that agape love of God, you can't think negatively about people. You always got to find that one element that is good in them. That's what unconditional love Shows. Reminds me of Star Wars. It, 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 my daughters are really into Star Wars right now. And uh, we, uh, we're currently on part five. We've been watching them in sequence. And uh, the, the, girls, the girls brought it up to my attention the other day, right? In, uh, it's part three when, uh, when Anakin is, it turns over to the dark side or whatever. And she's about to die. If I'm rooting for the movie for you, I'm sorry. It came out 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> But her last words to Obi-Wan Kenobi, her last words were, there's still good in him. That's so deep right there. His unconditional love will still try to find the good in people. They'll still try to find the good in people. I should use that message next, maybe the fourth. All right. Some of y'all got it, some didn't, but it's okay. It thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For now we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. And when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, and then I shall know just as as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. 
How are we going to win the loss to Christ? Love. How are we going to lead people to a father that loved them so much that he sent his son by showing them love? Constant love. Reaching out to them, helping them with no strings attached. Right now, the church as a whole is viewed so many times through the prism of the secular world that says, oh, they have no love. There's no love there. There's people that have been hurt by other Christians. Nobody in this building. You guys don't hurt anybody. It's other people. We were at this conference, Tabby mentioned during worship, and one of the pastors was talking. He's a, a, a pastor who just took over the church from his dad. Dad founded it 40 years ago. And he was saying a story of how when, when his dad got to that city, he went to the local bank to try to get a loan to start the church. And the banker told them this, I want nothing to do with churches. Because this pastor came into town, took out a loan for his church and a loan for his car, and closed the church and took off and left us with the debt. This is about 44 years ago or so. So you know what that pastor did? Prompted by God, he looked at him and said, I'm sorry, I will pay off that loan. Add it to the loan I'm looking for. That unconditional love for another pastor, man, you don't understand how many times I say I'm sorry to people for what another Christian did to them. When I start ministering to them and talking to them and they mention something and I can see that wound, the first thing I say is, I'm sorry on behalf of that Christian that hurt you. I'm sorry. Because unconditional love will reach out to everyone because that love, which God is love, and we were made in his image, and now we have a relationship with God through Jesus is poured into us by the Holy Spirit, and we can walk in that agape love. Church, is the logo imprinted on you recognizable? Is it recognizable? Because Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. Love. Do you remember when the religious scholars tried to trip Jesus up? And they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Some of y'all think there's only 10 commandments in the Bible. The law of Moses, the commandments, was 613. Pastor Fernie, 613, 31, something like that? I can't remember. 600 and plus. So they asked him, what's the greatest? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he didn't even take a breath. And he said, and the second one's just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In that hang all the law and the prophets. Church, let's go out and show the world the unconditional agape love of God. No strings attached.
no conditions. Love on people. Help people. Because God loved you. Because God reached out to you. He reached out to me when we didn't even deserve it. And we definitely can't earn it. Because there were no strings attached. I challenge you. Go out and show God's love to everyone you encounter.